Welcome back to the show. This is a special episode, and at the risk of offending every guest I've had on the show to this date, this one is by far the most rad. I had a chance to sit down with Lane Skelton of Driving While Awesome, and it was the day before the most epic car show I've ever been to. It went by the name of Radwood. And this was only the second of what I expect to be many. By now, you'll surely have seen the mega threads of photos from the show where you'll be presented with the beautiful pairing of period-correct 80s and 90s vehicles and their owners. The cars were staggeringly cool. Some wildly rare in their vintage, and others simply badass mementos to a generation some of us hold near and dear to our hearts. In this episode, you'll get a chance to understand Lane's perspective on how he and the DWA crew have approached Radwood, Cars and Coffee, the Coastal Range Rally, and of course, their very own, very awesome, twice-weekly podcast. So on to the episode. Lane and I were sitting down at Serviteca, a patio bar in Venice Beach, so you get a distinct ambiance that I think was pretty fitting for this one. I was also rolling off a wicked cold and into a night of brutal flu, so bear with me. Lane, thank you again for making the time to do this. More than usual, I hope that you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and this is the Bucket Seat Podcast. All right, um, so I'm out here in beautiful, sunny California, Venice Beach, with 25% of DWA or Driving While Awesome, Lane Skelton. So Lane, thank you so much for doing the episode with me. I know you've got a ton going on with Radwood right around the corner. Yeah. Um, and it's pro- probably pretty tight on time, but thank you so much for doing this Thanks with me. Thanks for having me, Trevor. Cool. Um, so for those listening and unaware of who Lane is, he's a quarter of DWA, Driving While Awesome, and one of the voices you hear twice a week on their Driving While Awesome podcast. I've been an avid listener for years now. Love the format of the show. You guys have been killing it. Uh, I don't think the, I'm the only one who has a ton of respect for what you guys are doing. So um, enough of kudos, uh, and we'll get on to the show. Way so, too much. <laughs> when I have a new guest on the show, I always like to understand the background and history of them before we get into kind of the current state. So we start at the beginning. Um, so first question out of the gate is, um, what was it that got you into cars? Like, what, what inspired you? What hooked you? Dude, it's so cliche. I hate this. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so cliche because you know you, you don't i don't really remember i don't remember that time yeah, it's like yeah. it's always been a thing right um my dad didn't have he wasn't i don't i don't feel like he was super into cars he he was into cars when he was younger and then he had cool cars always but he wasn't like into him into him like i'm into him like you're into him yeah um he might have been when he was younger but not when he had us there was four boys yeah, uh, yeah. growing up but um he always had like something cool like he had a uh, he had a cabinet shop, and he had um, a 59 VW Transporter pickup. And then he <laughs> nice. had a 64 Volkswagen Beetle convertible, mm-hmm. and he had a Falcon, you know, something. He always had a cool car around, and he had, um, you know, he would replace, he had to replace an engine on his on his Transporter, so he bought a whole bus and brought it <laughs> into our driveway, took the engine out, put the shell of that bus on the transporter and brought it to the dump. Like, oh, I just man. remember stuff like, you know, crawling around these cars when I was a kid and uh, just always kind of loving them and um, 
you know, I was really into art and drawing as a kid, and I would just draw cars always, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the beginning. No, it doesn't sound too cliched though. I think like most of us have so much inspiration coming from like friends and family. My, it's funny, my dad wasn't really ever a crazy car guy, but he had like you know an old Cherokee, he had old Beetles. Uh-huh. He had, I mean, he even had like he had an old um, Firebird, <laughs> which he bought yeah. brand new. It was like first car when he got his job teaching. Yeah, um, brown teacher with the, car, with the really? gold. Yeah, Whoa, oh, that's man. a weird teacher car. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, he was a pr- he was a bit of a badass. He was yeah, a I hippie. guess so. Dude. <laughs> Don't um, leave that kid with your kid with your kids alone. Dude. Yeah, I know. Or that guy. <laughs> um, but he uh, no, he had some influence on me on that. But I, it wasn't until later on in high school when I really like started getting into cars. I grew up in the middle of nowhere on a farm, so. Yeah. It was kind of tougher for me, but uh-huh. um, so it was a lot of trucks, which I still don't really love today. Really? Uh, Even though yeah. you grew up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. No, nah, all into cars. So, but anyway, so what was the first car you ever owned? So my first car was, uh, you know, dreaming of that day for, you know, basically my whole life. It's always, oh, yeah, I want this car. Um, I grew up, my dad had a, when I was like 10 years old, he bought a 944, and yep. I would just drive that up no and down my driveway, and he <laughs> said, oh, the, you know, you can have it when you... Of course he sold it before i turned 16 oh, right. but um when i was about to get my license i was just looking for a car i basically had you know no money uh and i went to buy a renault fuego i think it's yeah fuego right okay, yeah, um, yeah yeah i think it's like a one four turbo or one seven turbo or something like that uh-huh. it's an ugly uh coupe um i went to go buy that and the dealership was actually closed it was in my opinion at the time too being 16 being like i want to be cool uh it was a 79 Rabbit C, which is the, the most basic Volkswagen Rabbit. It has okay. no tachometer or anything. It's just a single gauge vinyl, black vinyl seats. This car had what was called the Sidewinder 2 package. Okay. It was a dealer installed option group um, around that time. They did Scirocco's and Rabbits. I've never seen another Rabbit with this package. I can't find pictures of it. I never took a picture of this car. And to this day, I regret that. Oh, like, yeah. I, 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 I can't say I've but ever seen one of those. It was yellow with brown and orange racing stripes. Okay. Like a um, horseshoe on the hood of racing stripes. Uh-huh. Down the side. And then down the side, it said Sidewinder 2 Whoa. with a with a, a, a graphic of a, a Sidewinder rattlesnake. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. And it was yellow with black interior. And the car had like, I think it was like. 50,000 original miles. It was original paint, everything. It was, I bought it off the original owner. This is in 1996, I want to say. Oh, crazy. And it was a 79, yeah. um, which felt like it was a 100-year-old car. Now you're like, oh, it's only a 17-year-old car, but um, <laughs> yeah. which would be what, a 2000? Yeah. Which yeah. seems kind of new, but um, back then, maybe it's the age you are when you're 16. You're like, that's older than me, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, but that was my first car, and um, you know, learned. A, I had to wrench on it. I was gonna stuff. ask, yeah. And so you, uh, so you were, you were tinkering on it. You I were had, like working on it all the time. Yeah, and even like you know, finding BBS wheels and Ooh. stuff like that. Um, it had some little weird aftermarket wheels from the period. They were like 13s or something. Yeah. But um, like, were you avidly at that time also <coughs> like buying car magazines and like? Oh, getting dude, deep I was into so those? deep. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. had already been to. I had already been to Europe and been to like two F1 races in Europe. I had already uh, been to like Porsche Mercedes museums over there. I had already, you know, I was, I was into car. I had already been stealing my grandma's Renault and driving it around. (laughs) Nice. You know, like I was so into, into cars. Like 
knew, yeah. like memorized every zero to sixty stat because that's what right you, that's you what matter care about does. when you're sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, zero to sixty times were where I was at, and I've memorized every car that was ever made, basically. Oh so. man, I I can definitely uh, <laughs> I can definitely you can relate you on. Yeah. The stealing of the parents' cars. Mm-hmm. My dad had a uh, a diesel Jetta that I would like meticulously detail for him in the hopes that someday yeah. he'd just turn the keys over and be like, "You can take it for the weekend." And he never did. Sorry, Dad, I hated you for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I would when they would go away. I was like, "That yep, thing, yep. I'm getting it. Exactly. We're gone." I mean. I'm sure he probably looked at the odometer and saw that yeah. I put mileage on it. But yeah, I don't think my my <laughs> parents really didn't care. I just think they didn't want me to get caught, you know. So okay, so what um, if we fast forward to today? Yep. Uh, I mean, most people who've listened to your show know what you know what your kind of stable is, but yeah. but tell us again. I mean, what, my stable is not really much of a stable right now. Well, um, I mean, I say anything more than one's a stable. I I mean, I have a daily driver and a, a play car, but um, yeah, and then my wife has a car, but I'd have a uh, eighty-five. Or let's, I have a 2017 uh, Golf GTI Sport package. I think it's called. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh huh. So it has a limited slip. It's a manual. Oh, nice. It's a manual transmission. Cool. Uh, and it has the plaid interior and everything. Oh, so sick. going back to my first car, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The car oh. I wanted for my first car. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, um, and then um, my other car is a 1985 Porsche 944. Just like the lowliest, uh, you know the the square dash early 944 and yeah i've um i think i've had that car for like five years now sick yeah yeah i love that i've been following on your instagram and for anybody listening make sure you follow lane you get a pretty good idea of uh what that car is up to on a regular basis (laughs) it's been through Um, a lot in the last year it's like um i mean i think most of those cars are but i mean not not just 944s Mm -hmm. but you know older cars i mean it's an ongoing project all the time right? yeah dude and and most of you know people were like oh you need like man, you're doing so. Like, if I feel bad, I'm like, it's all it's all my decision to do this stuff. Like, right? Yeah. It's, I I don't want to blame the car because n- nothing that's really happened has been the car. You know, like I just had a good bumper on it, and I decided to rip that thing off <laughs> yeah, and put that. this fiberglass uh, career a 924 career GTS bumper on. Yeah. Um, I bought this, you know, from a reputable company, and yeah. uh, it's a total pile of. Can I swear or not? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, a total yeah. pile of this shit. Is, this is Mark does an explicit podcast okay, okay. on iTunes. So I've done, uh, <laughs> I've done, I've, I think I have 16 hours into the bumper right now. Oh, my like God. Like adding fiberglass Dude. and uh, just making it fit, you know, making it fit right. Like to my standards, I'm pretty particular about that stuff. It's crazy. So, yeah. Well, I would imagine too, I mean, with the, the company that you're with at MA Carbon, like you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff when it comes to parts for cars and some interesting aftermarket stuff like uh-huh. the attention to detail is definitely there so i'm sure that that's kind of part and parcel oh yeah you do for on, sure and your own cars yeah like at emmy carbon our parts are very it's all like aesthetic little interior stuff for the most part so it's all about being jewel like yeah and um it's not about weight lightweight and stuff like that we're not doing pre-preg we're not doing like autoclave kind of right we're not doing that more wet lay kind of stuff we're doing wet layup a lot of lamination stuff like that it's all aesthetics it's all just about having a clean weave yeah and like looking pretty as opposed to you know your formula one front suspension or something like that which just needs to be strong they don't give a shit how it looks yeah yeah, yeah. so it's with that it's laying the carbon direction which makes it you know strong totally ours is all aesthetics and so I mean that's definitely I had I've had this before, but it's even dialed it in even more. Where I'm looking 
you know, I'm looking at these tiny little things and making sure the gaps are consistent and stuff like that. So yeah, I yeah. mean, you guys have a, a huge, like, in, well, maybe not inventory, but an offering through MA Carbon we too. Do, so yeah. maybe tell us like a, just a quick little bit about MA Carbon. What yeah, you guys do so there. Uh, actually, so uh, John Bor- Borschel found it in. I think it was it must have been 15 years ago he was working at seagate um which is a, a they do hard drives and all yeah, this the stuff right company. so yeah he was a it guy there okay and he st- he had a ferrari 308 so he started this company he or he started buying these parts from like japan and stuff carbon fiber parts found these places started this company in his third bedroom um he was selling all of a sudden he's selling like two hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff a year wow in his third bedroom and he's still working he's like shoot and then I was helping him out here and there. Um, I went to school with his sister and stuff. So um, I helped him with a little marketing and stuff, like brochures, stuff like that. Yep. Helped him out on a couple shows. And then he decided to take it full time. So he asked me to join him. Uh, we, you know, we got we got a shop and it was a real thing then. Right. And, so you uh, were in there pretty early on. Then. I mean, I was, yeah, right at the, you know, I mean, the beginning of being a real company, right? Yeah, so, cool. Nice. Um, and then we've grown it into, you know, I think we always say we're a um, we're a big fish in a small pond, yeah. basically, because your market's only so big. Of it's, course, yeah. It's we cater to Ferraris, Lamborghinis, McLarens, um, you know. And we started we we took it full time in two thousand eight. So uh, right That's at amazing. the worst part, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, tough economy. But we continued to grow through that because we saw that customers, rather than you know buying a new Ferrari which is whatever 250 grand whatever the price is yeah they're like okay i'm just gonna like spend 15 grand on some carbon fiber parts yeah yeah and my wife's not gonna know (laughs) and i can get away with that right yeah so we we saw a huge like bump actually when the economy crashed wow and we we started selling a lot to the middle east at that point Okay. Uh, like Abu Dhabi, Dubai, you yeah. know, all that stuff. So yeah. it's just kind of, since we're, we sell worldwide, it kind of, it just changes where we sell parts to, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Everything just kind of shifts. Canada is not very good right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for a while there, it was like Canada was, you know, that's a, I mean, that's usually a pretty good market for us. So yeah, it's, it's funny. I think I was, uh, I was just with the owner of uh, one of the Singer commission cars <laughs> um, uh-huh. right before I came here. And so I got to spend some time with his, the Toronto commission. Yeah. And it just totally blew my mind. And he was saying to me that Toronto has the highest density per capita of supercar owners, but anywhere in North America. Yeah. yeah. And I was going, holy shit, that's pretty, I mean, it's, it's wild, but yeah. Anyways, we won't go super deep into uh, carbon, but uh, if anybody wants to listen to it, episode 29 and episode nine. Um, I did interview with my friend Mike uh, Mike Gooch from Multimatic, and if you know Multimatic, uh, responsible for the Ford GT program. Some pretty cool stories of him, both in kind of a Carbon 101, and also uh, his experience at Le Mans when they won their 50, or when they they came back after 50 years and ended up winning yeah. the, the race. I listened to that one; it was super cool. Pretty wicked, yeah. Cool experience. Okay, so the DWA podcast, Driving Will Awesome mm-hmm. podcast. Okay, so. A couple of fitting statements that you guys have coined, um, stoking the fire of automotive enthusiasm and sense of occasion. Um, and you're doing that through a twice weekly podcast with Art, Warren, and Brian. Yep. Um, because of the reach you get with a podcast, I mean, I feel like it's probably your most accessible medium of all the things you guys are up to these days. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so, I mean, for anyone who's listening who hasn't listened to your show, can you just give us a general kind of premise of what you guys are up to with the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Um, we we essentially formed out of uh, 24 Hours of Lemons team. Yep. So we were we did the second ever 24 Hours of Lemons in Altamont uh, back in, I guess, 2006 or seven or something like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, since then, you know, Brian and I were commuting to... Uh, we had an hour and a half commute every day. He worked at GoPro, and I worked at MA Carbon. We were commuting from Santa Cruz to essentially San Francisco, uh, or the peninsula there. And uh, we, we were just talking about cars the whole time. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, we should record this. <laughs> Why don't we do this? So we started recording it. We called it like the, uh, we'd take Skyline Boulevard, which is really cool roads and all these twisty mountain roads to work. Like not, not, your, not your average commute. This is like world cross roads driving to work, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, nice. And we call them the Skyline Chronicles, and we never released any, but we recorded them, and we kind of learned. <laughs> All you gotta do is like the back tapes. Yeah, exactly. You I know, someday. dude. They just be so, so hard to like <laughs> go through and and uh, dig out. Uh, uh, I want to hear those. <laughs> and uh, so we started doing this podcast, and Warren was on. Um, Warren was with you know part of DWA, our um, our Lemons team, and we started making this podcast with the three of us. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know. 60 episodes in art was a guest he worked at gopro as well and uh he kind of never left and uh so he just hung out with us and uh he's he has an extensive car history and stuff but essentially driving well awesome um it kind of spawns from a, a little bit of it is like my working at ma carbon too for me at least is that i'm dealing with supercars and all this stuff and that's kind of not what i'm into i'm i'm i feel i can get as much um, enjoyment or more out of a car that's like five thousand dollars or ten thousand bucks, yeah, I hear that, or even twenty or thirty, whatever it is. You know, it's like yeah. I, I always I feel kind of I ha, you know we'll have a McLaren SLR. We had one in our sh, in our at McLaren for I mean at MA Carbon for um, six months in our shop, and it's just sitting there. And it was this Mansory bodied McLaren oh, SLR, wow. so full carbon exposed carbon body. Yeah, and we did the interior for it, and it's just sitting there. And every day I'm like, man, that thing's how many hundreds of thousands like really like yeah i don't know you know it's like i would think rather, of all the cool cars yeah and i'm like oh <laughs> and then a dotson 510 would roll by i'm like oh i'd way rather have that you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so it got us and that's kind of our philosophy is we i i would say we're slow car fast but yeah yes yeah. that's, that's like one of those cliche statements but it just kind of it kind know, of encompasses it's, it's pretty fitting though i mean as much as you know <coughs> it could be cliche i I'm, i totally understand i think yeah. it's like a pretty fitting term for it yeah Oh, and then uh, the stoking the fire. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's just us saying that we want to, you know, we want to hype up the joy of driving and stuff. So we're not into, you know, the stance stuff and yeah. kind of as much. We do host the cars and coffee, but um, but our cars and coffees, we always try to put them somewhere where afterwards we can go on a drive <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. like that you know we're, yeah. we're about the driving and yeah and we we love the looks of, i mean i'm i'm an aesthetics i i love aesthetics of cars don't get me wrong but uh so you know that's kind of our thing and uh brian comes from racing e30 spec e30 series and how oh, crazy I didn't um, know that. yeah he raced i think three seasons the spec e30 and okay uh so how we we have you know and then we all kind of like different things. We argue a lot, and, you know, <laughs> and then a uh, sense of occasion is our our big term, which we overuse, and we we know we overuse it. <laughs> yeah. We kind of like like to overuse it in yeah, a way. Of course, uh, no. it's, like it's, a, yeah. it's almost like a joke at this point. Totally, uh, but I think sense of occasion is literally like 
um, how special is that, let's say, 10-minute drive to the grocery store yeah. in said car? Um, so a sense of occasion could be, it could be like a um, uh, 1960 Cadillac convertible. Could have tons of sense of occasion because you're in this big floaty thing with a top down. Yeah, it's yeah. like, look at me. It's like, you know, that has a lot of getting in it. You hear the V8 and everything. Yeah. Or it could be jumping in a little, you know, uh, MR2 with a, a blow-off valve and stuff like that. You know, that sounds really cool and, and it has a snickety little shifter and stuff yeah. like that. Like, just specialness and kind of uniqueness, I think, is sense of occasion. Man, I love it because, I mean, I don't think enough people appreciate that level of, uh, of automotive and are enthusiastic enough about it. Uh, I think what you guys are doing is uh, super inspiring. It's been super inspiring for me, and I think a lot of people, I don't know how far you know that your uh, your show and your impact has reach on, but it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. You guys are doing some really cool stuff. What are you driving right now, Trevor? Uh, oh, that's so disappointing, man. <laughs> so I had a, a 2012 WRX that I just kinda, okay. I'd built up, and... Uh, no, no power mods, um, but the right wheels, the right rubber, suspension, brakes. Yeah. Um, just kind of built that up as my my daily driver. But my son's daycare is so damn expensive that I ended up getting rid of that, and we went down to just a one vehicle family. So right now I'm in a 2015 Subaru Crosstrek that I share with my wife, with the two car seats in the back. Wow, a CVT. Yeah, the CVT. Uh, but uh, I mean, we're just getting into the Canadian winter right now, so I'll be fine with that. What I'm doing is. I actually have a, a segment on the show called the fifteen thousand dollar used car challenge. Yeah, yeah. Where I take fifteen minutes to find fifteen cars under fifteen thousand. I've listened to a fun. couple of those. Yeah. Yeah, and so one of my targets right now is a BRZ. Oh and yeah. And so if I can do sub fifteen thousand dollar BRZ for the spring, that's what I'm going to get. And then I'm going to get back in a bunch of my buddies have uh, Miatas and a Lancer and an E thirty six that do a ton of autocrossing. And so I'm going to get into the circuit with them in the summer time, you know, as long as time allows for yeah, it, yeah. Uh, but uh, with a BRZ. So that's that my goal like right now. That sounds like a good goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the BRZ, good. I mean, I don't think we need to go into the, what everybody says about it. I know everyone knows there's not enough power, but it's one hell of a fun car. It's a, uh, I think uh, it's an, it's a newer 944. Yeah. Uh, that, that's interesting. I never thought about it that I, way. I mean, what, the first time I ever drove one, actually the only time I've ever driven one, uh, my friend works at a Subaru dealership, and he's like, hey, Lane, do you want to come drive a BRZ? So I'm like, yeah, sure. Oh, right, We yeah. took it on a really good road, actually, um, this twisty uphill hairpin road. Um, and I was I was just kind of getting after it. Uh, right off the bat, I had a, I had a Volkswagen TDI at the time. Okay, uh, right. Jetta yeah, yeah. I was commuting in. Yep. And I didn't have a fun car. I, I, we had a, I had a 996 shop car. Yep. But that, you know, whatever. That I don't know. It was a little... A little too fast, actually. Maybe even for our roads. No um, kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 fun, but it's like illegal speeds a lot, right? Of course. Um, well, that's one of the things we have to all be so realistic about yeah. is that, and that's why I love kind of you, the whole DWA approach to everything is that. I mean, I'm all about loving a fast car that can oh, go yeah. like lightning fast, but yeah. at the same point. You're also going to go to jail lightning fast. Yeah. I'm cool with going fast and like slow car fast. No. It makes so much sense when you talk about it like yeah, that. Yeah, like even a 996 isn't that fast in today's, you know, it's three twenty horse, yeah, three thousand yeah. pounds, right? With, with a six speed, but um, it's it it is pretty fast. Has a lot of grip. It's very capable. Where to yeah. have fun, I would have to be going twice the speed limit. And there's deer, and there's oh, yeah. cars, and there's yeah, wet in it, like damp turns. Like it, it's a little bit like to really have fun, I have to be really going really fast. So yeah, that's where that. I got back to that. But I drove that car, 
the B, the BRZ actually got me to buy another 944 because I've had a oh, bunch no of 944s kidding. in the past. I drove oh, the BRZ yeah. and I'm like, dude, I need a BRZ, <laughs> but I couldn't make it work because I commute that far and I have kids. I have my kids yeah. that I pick up and drop off a lot, um, so I need a four door. Mm-hmm. So the next, you know, the next thing, I'm like, oh, I I need another 944. Yeah, you know, and and I feel like that's a very like close close car to that. It's funny because I came from <coughs> before working on Subaru, which I work on now. I worked on Nissan, um, and I, again from like the creative advertising agency yeah, side. Yeah. And part of my deal with them was I got a 370Z, mm-hmm. so I got a 370 with the track pack, and Sweet. it was super fun. I had two different two different ones because we're only allowed to put about 10,000, 15,000 kilometers on them a year. Yeah, and so flip those out. Had both of those fun. I mean, heavy, but 330 horse, I think, or something around there. Like it was, it was fast as hell. Yeah. Um, but before that, I'd had a, a one owner a 91 240SX. Uh, that I'd built up and it was crazy. It was like Jim Wolf tuned, all just like period correct everything. It was super cool. Nobody turned it into a crazy drift yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of at the beginning of when the whole drift scene was really starting to get hot again. Yeah. Well, not again. Starting but to get hot in North up America. Here in the States, yeah. um, and so Born. I built that and did the body on it, did paint, like brought it back to the factory hyper white. Like just, it was such a fun thing to work on. Uh-huh. And then before that, I'd had a 92 uh, Civic hatch, so the EG, yeah. that had done like a little D15B swap in, a little three stage VTEC, lightened it all up, but did it in a tasteful way, or at least what I thought was tasteful, just like redid the paint tahitian green uh-huh so i wish i had that for radwood yeah, yeah. uh tahitian green with just like the black cloth interior uh the d15b that was pretty fresh that went into that thing um that had the four-wheel discs it had i knew i'd put these um I'm trying to remember now they were um god they were these directional michelin uh sport f1s oh fuck I, i'm totally butchering that right now I can't remember, but it was like a super aggressive like V uh-huh. pattern. Yeah. Um, and they were they were wild tires to put on that little yeah. car. It was like just a little go-kart. I think 130 horse or something. Yeah. Um, but super fun. And it just looked like it rolled out of the factory other than the GSR wheels on yeah. it from 91. That's cool. 92, sorry, for that one. So that was kind of like my little lineage. Before that, Dodge Shadow. Oh, and nice. Mercury Sable. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the two firsts for me, wow. uh, which were pretty fun. But yeah. anyways. Enough about my cars. Um, everyone's heard about those in previous episodes if they've been listening. Um, tell us about uh, Cars and Coffee and then Coastal Range Rally. So Cars and Coffee is just, it. ours just spawned from, uh, there's a local Cars and Coffee at, a, at this place called Canepa Motorsports, which oh, he's yeah. famous for importing 959s in the United States. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, in him and Bill Gates, uh, you know, with Bill Gates and um, forget who the other guy was, but they kind of got it to oh, happen kidding. in the United States. Wow, so yeah. um, he was down the street from my junior high when I was a kid. We'd walk by, there'd be Countach's, Diablo's, 959's, oh, man. Um, yeah. 930's. Right. Uh, All the cars that were, we had yeah. those posters on our wall. 917's, yeah. 935's, oh, everything. So this guy yeah. has the... It would go to his website, you'll see all the cars for sale and cars that were... I mean, it's insane. Yeah. He basically... He basically like run... Look, Luna Seca is his bitch, basically. <laughs> he has a <laughs> nice. 935 that he bought brand new. He was the... It was the last... It was the only privateer bought 935. Oh, man. And it was the last 935 that Porsche sold. <laughs> and he's had it since then. 
and he just goes and never I've never seen him not win a race at Laguna Seca oh, during wow. the historics I mean by a huge margin by a lap or something you know he runs like 130s or something Jesus. in this beast you know with I mean crazy but um anyway so they have a cars and coffee and it goes from spring through um through fall and then they they end it so we were you know looking to fill that void and rain or shine kind of thing uh oh, we started a cars and coffee like three years ago nice um you know it's a small group of it's usually just kind of our audience i would say so yeah yeah just cool like driver you know driver cars and not not no like not a lot of hood popping yeah yeah and uh not not no uh, Corvette lawn chairs, none of that stuff, you know. So, <laughs> That's um, awesome, yeah. and then the Coastal Range Rally, uh, we just always kind of wanted to do it. I know Warren kind of spearheaded it, and uh, he had planned a little rally, and uh, there was with like four guys a few years, like ten years ago, and then he kept saying we should do it again, so we decided to do it two years ago, I guess, um, three years ago or something like that. Yeah, and uh, we did a rally um, throughout Central California, charged people a, a fee, you know, did little goodie bags, made shirts, made stickers, all that stuff, and we had 35 cars. Uh, wow. Last, and then last year we did it. So we've done it. We did it one year. Then last year we did the second one, and we had 65 cars. This year, it is going to be in February, end of February. We put it. We put tickets for on sale a couple weeks ago. It sold out within 24 hours. Oh no way! Um, 85 cars, and then we have another 80 cars on a waiting list. Oh my god, that's crazy! Uh, wow, ah, so, good for you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you know, it seems like whatever you guys touch turns to gold. It's great. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, <laughs> and it, uh, so our idea with the rally too. Just, I mean, I guess I didn't say anything about it, but. The, there's tons northern california has a really cool like vintage alpha bmw 2002 kind of yeah. scene yeah, 3d6s yeah. stuff like that vintage 911s um really cool scene of people that just drive their cars like all the time it's all you know every weekend you can go out in the hills next to my house and you'll just run into a group of six awesome cars you know din alpine uh we have 2002 a din alpine and a, a ferrari you know 30 uh, uh, GT4 Dino or something like that. Um, just really cool groomings of cars. But um, all we have a bunch of rallies in our area. They're all vintage rallies, so it's pre 1975. I have the 944. Warren has a E30 325i. Yeah. Uh, Brian at the time I think had an E36 M3. Yeah. Uh, Art has ha that Corvette. Right? He does. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's a Art, whole other show. Art, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's a whole. Show. Art has Art had a 993 Porsche at the time, so nice. none of our cars fit in. So yeah. we wanted a rally for us, and it's cool. We still we still had cars from 1962. We had some three a couple 356s on the first one, and then we had um, the newest car on the first one was like a 2007 Roof RGT. Uh, not um, an awful car to be in company yeah, of. No, no, not yeah. bad at all. Yeah. We and it, it had a Sharkworks built a 3.9 motor oh my god um, yeah those guys are crazy yeah i actually made a little <laughs> video on that car a while ago but um <laughs> and uh yeah and then you know last year we had um we had everything from a chevy sprint turbo with like 67 horsepower or whatever it has to a new gt3 rs so uh you know huge spectrum yeah, spectrum yeah. of cars you know yeah so well and i mean so for anybody that's listening that's out here or wants <coughs> to come on out here too um, on your on your site, there's a rally dedicated kind of tab that you guys can check yep. out. 
get on that get on the uh, wait list to see yeah, if you yeah. know anybody backs out or get in line for any of yeah. the upcoming ones, right? Yeah, we have a newsletter kind of we have a sign up for our email. So we did for the rallies, we blast our email out before cool. it goes live. Yeah. Uh, so it does give you a head start. Kind of get you know? prepared and for it. It's crazy to us. We're like, you know, uh, I remember last year we were um, we only had like four, you know, four people book within the first like three days. Yeah. And Brian's like, you think it's too expensive? I'm like, well, we can't make it that much cheaper because we're we're literally not making much money. And um, and this year it's like I was at the San Francisco Auto Show and it. Like, as I'm there, we put it for sale at 6 p.m., I think. Yeah. And it was, like, 8 a.m. We had, like, 35 people already pay us money, dude. Like, yeah. hundreds of dollars, you know? Like Yeah, and I was seeing, too, I mean, and it, it's flexible. <coughs> it's flexible for, uh, for you to sign up where if it's just you, it's one price. If it's you and a co-driver, yeah, yeah, it's another. Exactly. If you want to you throw four, four people, people in the car, yeah, three yeah. of your buddies, then, like, yep. you're good to go. Yep. Okay, so... Uh, I guess most timely for this. I wanted to release this episode tonight in advance of Radwood tomorrow. Yeah. But I realized that uh, I don't. I don't think I'm going to end up uh, being able to do it. I probably will end up releasing it as soon as I get back. So this will be post Radwood. Mm-hmm. But for those that aren't able to make it, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Uh, so at the at Radwood this year. So Radwood two. This is your second event. Yep. See, like, I'm talking about it like it's been happening for 20 years. But, I know, huh? Um, you're gonna be recording like a 300th DWA episode there live. Yep. Um, but give us a rundown on on what Radwood is, what the first show was like. Um, I mean, I, I I know that having heard your <coughs> description of the way that the Coastal Range Rally yeah. works, like, and what you know a sense of occasion means, all of these things are kind of easily added up to what I, I believe Radwood is really representing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's funny, we don't, our, the origin story of Radwood is not that old, but yeah. there's like different stories from everyone you talk to. Yeah. Um, the real story, Bradley Brownell, <laughs> is that we were at Canepa Cars and Coffee. We, every year we do a, um, there's a Monterey Car Week, yep. kind of well known, but the week before Monterey Car Week, they have a, what's called a pre-reunion. Uh, you spelled it prehistorics, which I like that name better. Uh-huh. But it's it's basically we we always say it's seventy percent of the cars with like one oh, percent of the people. Yeah, so you're just like right, free right. to do what you want. We camp at turn I forget turn six or something. Okay. You're camping at turn six at Laguna. It just feels like I mean I wasn't alive then, but it feels like it could be like nineteen sixty. Right. And you're just drinking beers and hanging out with your friends watching racing. <laughs> it's so cool, dude. Um but we went to Canapa Cars of Coffee. The morning before, we went to the pre-reunion to spend the night to camp, and uh, Brad came down from um, uh, wherever he lives, Nevada. Right. And, and, so, uh, and Brad's from Camden Tub. Podcast, Brad is from right? Camden yeah. Tub. Okay. He writes for a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, he 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 Warren, myself, and actually my brother Travis, who's there here in uh, L.A. right now. Um, we were talking because Warren had brought up on our podcast wanting to do a hill climb. At um, shoot, now I'm totally drawing a blank. But no, it's the um, the mansion down on the coast. Oh, uh, the old the newspaper conglomerate. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, I, I I, I'm such an idiot right now. No, it's all right. I know exactly what but you guys are talking uh, about. But yeah, there's like a huge approach up to that big mansion, right? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, he he was someone that wanted to do a hill climb, 
Brad listened to it and he's like, dude, I love that idea. <laughs> um, and then I don't know, it kind of went around roundtable and we're like, it should be a 90, you know, an 80s, 90s car show. We should call it Radwood rather than Goodwood, Goodwood. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's how it spawned. Um, and then ever, you know, Brad really drove it and he, he was like, when are we going to do this next week? We need to do Radwood. Um, to the point where we're like, yeah, let's do this. And we had our first one in Marina or in um, Brisbane Marina. Oh, which is a little okay. yacht harbor um, up on the peninsula, just south of San Francisco. And it was basically, we just kind of, it was super cheap. And we just invited some of our friends and put it put it up for sale. And we <laughs> ended up with 170 cars or so. Yeah. And a bunch of people. And it was super cool. And it got a bunch of kind of pub. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really did. I mean, yeah, the way it, it was, got covered was it crazy. It was crazy. So... Um, we we're back in Canada. Here I am with all my buddies, just like drooling over yeah, this yeah. whole idea. Like, holy shit, they, this is wild. And I mean, it felt like it came from such an authentic place too. Yeah. which is it which really? Is really cool. I mean, yeah. we did not. There was literally zero planning. <laughs> we we all we showed up in the morning. And we're like, and right when we showed up, this Toyota truck pulls up, and he's waiting to park. And we're like, oh shit, what do we do? Where do we put him? Yeah, yeah. You know, and Art's wearing a full tux, and he's like direct, <laughs> like parking people and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of went off. It, it did really well. And then this guy, uh, Kurt, um, Kurt K photo on Instagram, he took a bunch of photos and he wrote a little article, sent it to me and asked if I would, if I wanted to post it on DWA on our website. So I posted it on our website. Yeah. And then Jalopnik contacted us. Right. They're like, Hey, this looks awesome. Do you mind? Can we share this article? Um, we're willing to pay you. Wow. And I said, well, it's this guy, you know, it's Kurt. Here's Kurt's contact info. Get a hold of him and, yeah. he, you know, deal with him, you know. So they did it. Um, he paid Kurt. They paid Kurt. And he put the article out. And it was like, I mean, I've never, I'm not a big Jalopnik reader, but um, they're known for just awful comments and stuff. Oh, yeah. You get torn up in the there comments there. There was like there. one bad comment. And the comment was like, oh, look at all these hipsters. Oh, you know, God, or something right. like that. But everything yeah. else, it was all positive. So it was crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, you kind of couldn't be further from. I don't know. I, I feel like you kind of couldn't be further from being an. Hipster, I guess you could like, say because that's how hipsters from. dress now. Yeah, yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, but so, yeah, I mean, it was like the comedy in it all, with like the authenticity <coughs> of the cars. Exactly. I don't know. It worked out to be. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't see it that way. So now we, um, Jalopnik, contacted us a couple months later. Uh, that was just this last summer. Yeah. I think it was June. Yeah, it was June. It yeah. was like right around the beginning of June. And uh, Jalopnik contacted us, um, and they said, hey, are you guys going to have another one soon? We want a sponsor. And we were talking about doing one soon, and right then we're like, all right, let's do it during, uh, you know, during the L.A. Auto Show yeah. in L.A. or somewhere around L.A. Yeah. And um, how much are you guys willing to give us to get a venue, and let's do this. Dope. And so now, so Radwood 2, I mean, people listening, it will have already happened, but so Radwood 2 is tomorrow, uh, December 2nd, um, and it's in Anaheim this time. It is. Okay, so you chose that, like you said, I mean, LA Auto Shows just happened, all of like... We were looking everywhere in the general area, and it's kind of like what popped up. It wasn't wasn't as cheap as we wanted it to be. It's right. actually pretty expensive. Right. But um, but you guys knew I was going to be in town. Exactly. And you're like, cool we're like, Trevor that would be easy. could cover it. We're like, Trevor stay. could, like, uh, Uber yeah. there and stuff. So <laughs> um, it all worked out. But, yeah, yeah no, it's just good. 80s and 90s cars. Uh, and the key of, you know, it's like Goodwood. It's period dress. So, yeah, like, so Goodwood cool. Revival, you know. Yeah. Um, so. What kind of numbers do you expect tomorrow? We've 
so we're sold out of car spots. Um, we sold out last week or so. And it's funny, we've had a bunch of dropouts. Okay. Every time someone drops out, someone gets a ticket within like five minutes. Oh, it's like people are sniping amazing. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. But right now we're at around 350 cars. And uh, I think we have around 300 pe- people paid already to, to go to the show. Um, and if it's anything like last time, we'll get uh, double the triple that attendance day of. Wow. So, yeah, I'm expecting... I, I think a thousand people and 350 cars and then that's not including all the cars that are going to be in the parking lots oh totally you know people that couldn't get in stuff like that yeah so yeah it's, uh, and it's at the Phoenix Club in so the in Phoenix Anaheim, Club right? in Anaheim it's a German brew house I guess yeah um, yeah 11 a.m. Yeah. to 5 yep cool yep. so yeah it should be really cool we have I mean it's the cool thing for us is like same with everything we do with the DWA does is like the coastal ranch rally and our cars and coffees it's just it's all about coming from an authentic place and um just everyone being like cool with each other and yeah, yeah. fun just having fun and stuff so um what about the know. next one what about the next one what's the next one it's a good we've we've talked about doing east coast cool Very um cool. we're definitely going to do another one up in the uh, bay area yeah around probably june uh cool. but the next one actually we already have one planned it's up on our website already, radwood.org. Um, it is going to be at Sonoma Raceway. Right, right. And it's um, it's part of uh, 24 Hours of Lemons. It's putting on a so basically cool. a lemons race and yeah. a whole festival. It's called HoopDecon. Oh, man. And they're doing a lemons, um, twenty. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, Concourse de Lemons. <laughs> and then there's going to be like <laughs> so a good. billet-proof show, which is like rat rods and stuff. Oh, cool. And then us. So Jay, who owned is the head of 24 hours of lemons after the first radwood he was like the first guy to get um, on it yeah you know contact us nice. you know we know him from the from all the racing and stuff lemons racing yeah and uh he took us to dinner and uh uh basically asked if we would be interested in doing it and uh i said yeah and i think we kind of we owe a lot to lemons like bringing us together as a group and stuff and jay is a super cool guy so um yeah i think it's gonna be really cool that's super dope man yeah um okay so <clears throat> stay tuned for what's happening with um with radwood and kind of the upcoming kind of history or future history of radwood but what's next for dwa like what do you see are um you know you've produced some video content you do the podcast you do the twice weekly podcast you do the car yeah. you do coastal range rally you do Radwood. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, what do you guys see as being your vocal point kind of moving Dude, forward? We, we have no... <laughs> direct, tough question. We're so... We're reactionary as opposed to, like, you know, proactive. We, I don't think we really plan anything. Everything just kind of spawns organically, which I, uh, I think is part of the appeal. I think that can um, still be proactive. That can still be considered sure, proactive. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing what works, right? You're testing yeah. and you're understanding what works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't know any of this stuff would be successful, right? Yeah. At, at the beginning, we didn't really... You don't we don't really care because we didn't have a lot into it except for our own time and our pride i guess but uh you know we're just continuing the podcast um we i think it's an outlet for all of us have kids now we're all married yeah and it's an outlet for us to still be into cars and just kind (laughs) of we don't we don't hang out like we used to so it's not like going to bars and you know on friday nights now it's like (laughs) You're like, oh, I just want to get home and hang with my family and stuff. Yeah, so I hear that. It's one night a week where we, you know, you force yourself. Your wife, our wives are all, like, luckily they're accepting of it. Nice. Um, yeah. And we're, we're able to record once a week and then we're doing all this stuff. So 
I don't know. We're, I think we're just going to take it. We're, we all have day jobs still. It's not a... And I don't think we plan on leaving our day jobs anytime soon. So, um, right. We're just uh, kind of seeing where it takes us. We might add a... We were, we've been talking about adding a couple of rallies to the calendar. Like, cool. different areas, like Northern California, doing one of those. Because there's really cool roads up there. Yeah. Um, and we obviously ha- have an audience that we can, we can do that. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of planning it and, and getting a a weekend where it works for all of us so yeah yeah but i mean really it's 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 just a fun thing right so i think at this point it's still if it stops being fun then we're over it yeah you guys are done at that yeah. point i think that's how the most successful businesses end up starting anyways is that it's all about like the fun i mean yeah everybody's doing it because they're passionate about it and it takes yeah. you to the right place because i think what you guys are doing in terms of you're testing out what works and testing out you're like that was successful but I don't know if I love doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're like, we're going to back off of that. And we're not going to yeah, do less yeah. of it. But, yeah. So um, a question I'd like to get to with a lot of people on the show, too, is um, kind of what the future of automotive looks like. And it's a really interesting interesting perspective <coughs> to come from you and the guys at Driving Well Awesome. Um, so what do you think about all this speculation that our youth simply aren't going to buy cars? They're going to be using car sharing services or they're just simply not interested in driving. How do we stoke that fire of automotive, automotive enthusiasm in them? Like, how do we keep this whole niche alive together? It's, a, it's kind of a hard one because I don't, I don't know the real numbers. Like, it's been, it's been like, I mean, that's been a thing forever. It's like, oh, kids don't even like cars anymore. But yeah. is it that kids don't want to be, have, like cars? Or is it just that the same percentage that never really was into cars before is totally not into driving now yeah and the kids that want to drive are now are still really because i don't know i go to these we have these events and 18 year olds and you know there's like dads with their kids they're all stoked and yeah um like that's real world focus groups right there yeah uh i don't i see like i think there's still passion for cars and driving um i i the the you know with rideshare services and um all that stuff is kind of just making the times you do drive more fun. Yeah, totally. You know, like, and I, I mean, I could see having a, you know, a car that, an uh, electric car or, or a self-driving car that I pay, you know, so much a month for and it brings me to work and back or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then that, that makes it where that weekend drive is even that much more special. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe, I mean, I'm looking at optimistically, maybe it clears up our back roads for the fun driving and <laughs> totally and it you know stuff like that and you're not you're not having as many i don't know slow people driving like 15 miles an hour like yeah. not paying attention on the roads um yeah. no, i totally i don't, I don't know i mean i i think it's a little further out than what everyone you know it's not like five years out right it's not 10 years i mean what's the average age of a car and you know yeah, you have to go through and we're still selling petrol you know gas powered cars and oh yeah so and we also it's like I'm, we i live in san you know santa cruz which is near san francisco and you know i i can i can't look without seeing a tesla but, yeah but it's also where we live you exactly know? it's not yeah. middle america high density for you yeah. guys yeah yeah so i mean even in toronto i see a ton of teslas but i also i 
I attribute that to just being more aware of seeing them because they kind of stand <laughs> out a bit more. Yeah. And when you look, I mean, some of the stuff that we've been looking at was like by 2030. I mean, it's still probably only like 20% to 15% at the most optimistic outlook that yeah. things are going to be electric and then even beyond that autonomous. So. Yeah. And then, you know, there's companies like Volvo. They're saying, you know, their, their big commercial campaign these days is they don't want to see anyone die in one of their cars by right. the year like... Uh, after the year 2020 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, so all pedestrian safety. Yeah, which is all good, right? Um, as long as there's not all of a sudden, a sh you know, you can't drive your car on these roads kind of thing. Right, yeah. Um, that would be awful, but I don't know. I have a, we have a good friend, Ali Javadin. Um, he was a kind of a bigwig at Tesla and stuff, and uh, he works for an autonomous car company now, which will yep. be you know, remain silent, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they have huge amounts of funding and it's kind of crazy, but, yeah. uh, even, you know, he, I talked to him a lot about it too. And, you know, he kind of, he looks at it optimistically as well. Like it just kind of, there's still going to be that passion and it's, it's, there's people that have cars that appliances, every Prius on the road, that's an appliance for someone. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think those people are just the ones, you know, and those people have moved on to Tesla's and, it's kind of crazy that they go as fast as, you know, as quick as they do. Right, they don't, they right. really don't need to. Yeah, they don't need to do And that. there's really no reason because they're all Prius drivers that are distracted driving these Teslas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd kind of even be happier knowing that those are the people driving them, that if it does go to fully autonomous, I'd rather them be the ones in an autonomous car. Yeah, like, yeah. Let us have fun while we're out there driving. No, exactly. So yeah. I I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, I, I think our lifetimes will be good. But I, and I do think there's there's passion um, I, I do notice like a lot of people that we hire interns a lot for MA Carbon and stuff like that. Yep. Um, I, uh, we always ask them what their favorite car is. And, you know, a lot of kids say GTR. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or something like that. Yep. But I feel like that's that, like, I like, kind of like cars, but, and I read magazines kind of. Yeah, so that's the one I see the most. But, yeah, yeah you need to like, that's where, that's where Driving Well Awesome comes in more than anything. It's like, yeah. we want you to appreciate like the joy of driving a car not the fact that it does 0 to 60 in 2.4 seconds or whatever right like because we don't give a fuck about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i completely agree with you i mean that I mean, could be fun don't get me wrong like and uh that's awesome like and on a racetrack or something like that but um but really on a racetrack you know, I'm, I'm, you're not, we're not race car drivers and it'd probably be more fun in some rear wheel drive like uh i don't know like a 996 gt3 or something you yeah, know, totally. which is still a fast car <laughs> yeah but, exactly yeah. Well, and I think, too, that a lot of those, uh, like you're saying, like the kids that come in, and I, I've met a lot of them, too, just to, over the course of doing what I do, is that they just don't know what it, what used to exist. They just see what's out there today. And, I mean, I'm <coughs> honestly super guilty of it, too. When I started listening to your show, yeah. you guys opened my eyes to a lot of cars that I was like, I mean, I don't want to say they're obscure, but there were a lot of cars that I had no clue even really existed until uh -huh. you guys kind of started talking about them. and. I started researching them then in the background. I'm going, oh, no, I understand why these guys yeah. love these cars so much. Um, and Slow Car Fast, I know you, we, we talked about it earlier, but it, that all makes sense to me. And when you get out and you actually do it, yeah, that's when people are like, oh, no, I don't need 500 horsepower. Yeah. Like, that's not necessary it, anymore. That also or goes... never was. Yeah, and that goes back... I mean, it's a manual transmission thing now, too, where yeah. that's become a cliche of its own. It's almost, like, lame to say, save the manuals, or I want a manual transmission. It's almost like, yeah. oh, you're fucking just, you're you're being a stodgy old man or something. Yeah. You're like, get with yeah. the times, dude. Like, yeah. But 
it, it's just interacting with the car that much more. So totally. it's it's knowing when your clutch grabs and yeah. having that snickety snick or fucking sloppiness of a Porsche 901 transmission, you know? Like, right. just really knowing that car and knowing how to shift it. And, and having... Um, I had a, I went to lunch the other day. It's like five blocks from my work, but I drive I, I drive that daily I daily drive that Golf GTI with a manual transmission. Yep. Um, my coworker has a new Audi S3. Okay, they don't yep. have a manual. Yeah, but just it's a DSG. It's right? kind of the same car. I mean, a lot of it. It's yeah. all wheel drive. Yeah. And it's a DSG. Yeah. And you sit more like a cockpit. Mm-hmm. The Golf's more like it's obviously lighter weight yeah. and stuff like that. But it's way faster than my car, even though it's the same engine. It's just kind of built and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like the fun like on a scale of one to ten the fun of driving from you know five blocks away like it loses three points right just because it's not a manual transmission it's not as like it's not as light right um you know maybe on a really on big tight on big like open sweepers that would be really fun and yeah it it maybe it has more grip because it's all-wheel drive and this and that but you know just really for the where where do you usually drive and what do you usually do um it's uh yeah the gti which is a more bare bones kind of cheaper slower car with a manual was way more fun yeah so. well it's got every it's got everything i mean that's a small that's a very <laughs> tiny little test but that's kind of a that kind of it speaks to the whole car you know i've driven new gt2s and stuff and or older you know 997 gt2s and that's a car that's kind of boring around town because it needs to come on boost and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Where a, uh, a stock, you know, Boxster S is probably more fun around town. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, I think as you guys say... <coughs> I went off on a tangent there. That's all right. No, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, I've been trying to keep these under about an hour and we're like basically right there. So, Sweet. Um, yeah, as you guys say, I think that's a podcast. Nice. Or a podcast. That, that's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Lane, thank you so much for being on. Um, why don't you give us all of your handles, where we can find you on social media, um, just any way anybody can contact you. Yeah, we're basically, it's driving while awesome across the board. Um, Facebook, website, Instagram's our main kind of thing. Yeah, really um, good Instagram follow for sure on that. And then uh, Radwood Official for oh, yeah, Radwood right. is our Instagram page. Right. And we have a Radwood Facebook page as well. And then radwood.org or CO okay. um, uh, is the website. And you can learn about future events and stuff there and also Driving Wall Awesome. But, yeah, I think that's it. Amazing, man. Well, I really appreciate it. So you guys can find me at The Bucket Seat on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe, rate, and review. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, email me with any episode questions or suggestions. Uh, This has been the Bucket Seat Podcast, episode 36 with DWA's Lane Skelton. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and thank you for listening. Later.